Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe Melicio, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? What is up, guys? It is great. We, we got the gang back together. The, the gang's back together. It's a, sun, it's a Sunday morning. It's a Sunday uh, morning. Come down. Oh, okay. And he's going to say it live, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so I'm uh, just happy to be back. Happy to have everyone back. And Felipe, we'll throw it back to you. Oh, no, no. My other co-host, Austin Spiro. Austin, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right. I was telling uh, Sean offline there. It seems like it's been two months since I've been on here. So, uh, you know, it's been, yeah. been pretty yeah, good. It feels, it feels kind of odd to like now I got to wake up on Sunday morning to do this show as opposed to just waking up on Sunday morning to see what the hell my baby wants. But <laughs> <laughs> I almost didn't set my alarm. To be honest. Yeah, I had to uh, remind myself to set my alarm just in case uh, the baby decided to sleep in last night. But uh, no, she woke up before the alarm did. So, you know, she's the most dependable alarm I have. (laughs) But we are back to talk some baseball. Good job, Sean, on uh, carrying the load uh, last week with Jacob. Uh, Very interesting uh, program. Uh, (laughs) Recapping the Baseball Life League. Um, Yeah, uh, I I want. Yeah, you guys were talking about my team and I just, man, I I just like, oh, I hate my team. They're so full of underperformers. I said to <laughs> he started naming guys like what was it, Jose Quintana? And, yeah. Uh, like, well, it's not by choice that I want Jose Quintana. It's just, my 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 rotation is. I have so many injuries. I have no more uh, IL slots for them. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I, I've been kind of thinking that maybe going into next year, maybe we can bump it to like five IL slots. Just, no, no, just nah. two, just two more. <laughs> That's too much. I mean, the waiver wire is already depleted as it is. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah. And I think I told you guys. I think one of my favorite thing moments uh, from listening to other fantasy podcasts was listening to Scott White, which is a guy I've been kind of uh, 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 respecting and admiring from afar for a while now, long time. I'm a big fan of his writing and a big fan of uh, what he has to say about the fantasy baseball landscape in general. And they asked him to pick a word that best describes this fantasy baseball season. And he said, frustrating, like, oh, my God, I felt that to my core. Like, I, somebody, somebody, somebody understands my plight here. So, well, let's do that activity. Uh, Austin, let's start with you. Pick a word that best uh, describes your fantasy baseball year so far this year. Confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I believe uh, Frank's, I think, no, Frank Stamphouse, who's the other guy? Chris Towers, I believe. I think Chris Towers used that same word, too. So it was frustratingly confusing for sure. Uh, Sean, let's go with you now. I'm going to go uh, just I know this sounds terrible, but unlucky because in multiple leagues, if you look in like standings and my points leagues, I'm somewhere in like the top two or three and yep. total points. But it's a head to head league and everybody else that is top five in total points uh, is either undefeated or has like one or two loss. And I'm sitting here at five and three. And then as you've shown in baseball life and I think in our little baseball life league chat. Uh, if you break down the baseball life league in terms of just like pure roto stats, I'm like number two, number three, something like that. But yeah. I'm I'm barely hovering at 500, and it's like I, I I trust my process, you know, not to like make any puns there. But it's like when the results aren't showing, you're like, come on, like when do you n- realize you got to do something else? Well, I mean, it's just kind of unlucky so far in my two biggest leagues. Yeah, it's a great great process, poor results. I mean, we all can't just you know be having horseshoes up our butts and shit so you know get, get our players get hot for no reason but you know 
Austin, as you'll see, regression bo- works both ways. So yeah. that's that's you get to it's a long game. But uh, Austin, yeah, and I did the same thing for the. Uh, let me. Uh, I'll explain it and then I'll, I'll I'll see the floor to you, Austin. Uh, we did the uh, we did ESPN doesn't let us do that. Uh, it, it doesn't automatically do that, I should say. But ours is a categories league, so we manually had to rank all of our teams uh, from you know by each category. And Austin, yeah. what was your findings? Oh yeah, so my. My findings were essentially Felipe and I were the best, were the two best teams in the in the league in the um, total bases league. But yet, I'm I think one or two games above 500, and Felipe was one game below 500. Oh, I'm three and oh. five, man. I'm three and five. No. Yeah, like I'm I led. Uh, I think I lead in like 80 percent of the offensive categories, and like I don't. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. It's just so frustrating. Like I lead in average and on base percentage and stolen base. I think the only thing that I don't lead in is home runs and total bases. I think that's, that's me. it. I, I was yeah. leading in home runs when we did this exercise. And yeah, it was either, it was either Felipe or I leading in any of the offensive categories. And then Felipe and I were <laughs> both in the top four or five in most of the pitching categories. So, um, yeah, uh, but maybe. not but but you know it, it, you, you'll you're seeing we're 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 being told that uh you know certain players are I'm not gonna mention any names I'm not gonna <laughs> mention any, that's not the format for this but uh, you know I'm gonna I'm being with a straight face being told that me having guys like Trey Turner's and their Bogarts Alex Bregman Aaron Judge not as good as some of these uh, waiver wire fodder players that these people pick up and shit so I don't know man it's it is what it is, but you know, like I told you, Austin and and, I, and Sean, you were there too. Regression both works both ways. So yeah. I'm just waiting for that big boom, and then I don't want to hear from anybody else. I want to, I want you guys to keep that same energy when my team goes on a five game winning streak or a seven game winning streak or a nine game winning streak. Sean, you know, I mean, yeah. last year I won 30 games in our league. No one has ever done that before. But, oh, of course, I know it don't mean a thing without a ring, right? So, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> I, I understand, but it, it's still uh, something to be proud of. I am, I'm proud of it. I mean, shit, not every team wins 70 games in an NBA season, right? So, yeah, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe what's his name, James, who will be with me at the end of the month to help me host this show. Uh, he hey. is number one in the league right now in the baseball yeah. life league. So maybe in standings and points, if it were yeah, Roto, I mean, deal. He, uh, his, his team's looking great. And he he just made a move. I'm not sure if he if you saw that trade. Yeah, four, that four, went through. Four, uh, four, so four. should be uh, interesting to see how he tries to hold on to the top spot. Yeah, I mean, that's, you got to make moves, man. That's the name of the game. You got to make moves uh, to solidify your lineup and all that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he may, who knows? Maybe he might break my record this year. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. Yes, yeah, Sean, uh, when on break or uh, before the show started, we did go to a minor league game. It was a baseball life meetup with a bunch of us. Jonathan, Ricky, again, Ricky showing up. Jonathan, again, showing up. Uh, who else? Uh, Joy Buckles of the uh, Baseball Utopia group uh, also showed up. Allie, uh, Maurice. I'm trying not to forget any names. Uh, I, I, and Tony, who I find out is a neighbor of mine, Tony Leva. He's a neighbor of mine. I did not know that. He lives not too far from me. So I don't know where exactly he lives, but I know that he lives in, within the vicinity. And we went to see a minor league game, right? It's the Chicago Dogs versus the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, I believe it's an American Association game. So it's an independent league, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so no affiliations. A lot of, like... Um, well, I don't want to call them all-timey players, but a lot of names in the past. I mentioned Matt Adams, who's still playing, and uh, 
uh casey gillespie was on uh, oh live. no that that's a name we don't talk about no why not oh that is the guy who hit the home run in the 2016 wild card game against jerry's familiar familiar had given up i think two home runs the entire year and then in the n- top of the ninth inning gave up that home run to freaking connor gillespie who i no, think no, had I, six i'm talking about his brother his brother oh, oh, oh. what well, maybe it was casey no casey, casey, casey was the older one right i don't remember casey, i know Casey's connor got, Casey's got to be pretty old by now. Connor was with the White Sox. I know that much. But yeah. Casey uh, Casey hit a home run, too, last night and uh, as the Monarchs defeated the Dogs 10-2. to two. But uh, there was Pete Cosma there as well. And then oh. uh, Charlie Tilson was the Dogs, the Chicago Dogs leadoff hitter, who uh, uh, um, he's still pretty good. Yeah, I'll say Charlie Tilson. That was a, a big speed guy. I remember him. Still fast, man. He's still fast for the uh, independent leagues. But the big name that I was really excited, I, I I had to bite my lip and stop myself from like going full cheerleader for this guy. None other than Gabriel Guerrero. That's right. Vladdy's nephew. Vladdy Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll say it was the one that like was supposed to be real big a while ago. And no, this, I mean, this is from 2013, man. 2013. Wait, I, I that, that's like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, 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 not not a for the Mariners. I mean, he was mid tier prospect for them. Uh, you know, high upside guy, toolsy guy. You know, had a lot of work to be done. But you know, obviously the name speaks volumes. He's uh, you know baseball pedigree, family yeah. loyalty there. You know, his uh, Wilton Guerrero. I, I forgot if he's uh, how he's related to Wilton, but I mean, it's a family of baseball players, right? Yeah. And uh, he was supposed to be, uh, you know, the toolsy guy. Yeah. And he just never made it. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I, I the last time I saw him before this game, I saw him uh, play against the Savannah Bananas, and, <laughs> and he struck out. I don't, I don't know, you know, if that was set up on purpose or not. But Gabby had a pretty damn good game last night too, uh, no. on Friday. So I should say Friday night he did. And apparently Jonathan's letting me know that he hit a bomb last night uh, when he went back to it to the to the baseball park on on Saturday night. Interesting. And he almost hit the scoreboard apparently. So no. <laughs> So no, Gabby, uh, Gabby, I, I was excited. I, I wanted to. I was really fan fanboying over the guy. So because I mean, I, he's a guy I wrote about ten back in twenty thirteen. Yeah. So and Matt Adams too. So it was pretty cool to see guys who I used to write about who uh, didn't have prosperous long major league games, but they're still playing and they're still uh, crushing it. So good for them. All right, that's enough. And again, the lesson is: go watch more minor league, more independent games. It doesn't have to be all major league baseball all the time. So. Uh, just uh, you never know what you'll see, and it's still yeah. just as fun. It's it's so fun. It is super fun, man. I I I mean, I know Austin goes to a lot. You go see the Sixty Sixers, right? Yep, Sixty Sixers. Uh, that's always a it's always a fun time. I love going to see this. Who was the who was the player that you recognized from? Like, hey, I remember this guy. I, I didn't know he was still playing. Um, there have been there have been a few. I mean, I saw a Mike Trout rehab game when I was there. Oh, okay. uh, I haven't seen like any former major leaguers, but like there was when uh, I was there when Vernon Wells was rehabbing for the angels. Um, you know, there's been, there's been a few. And then I just went and saw Rancho Cucamonga quakes a few weeks ago, uh, which okay. is uh, Dodgers. And, oh. uh, you know, so we saw a few prospects there. Jordan Lawler was there and, you know, so, you know, it's cool. You get to see some prospects, but then sometimes you run into old, older major leaguers, but I haven't run into one where you're like, Oh, I remember that guy, but you know, they're <laughs> usually on like rehab assignments or something. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. 
like Robinson Cano signed re-signing a minor league deal with the Padres. Did you guys see that? And then yeah, and it, in his first, yeah, in his first triple A game, they were having a Nickelodeon night. And so yeah. Robinson Robinson Cano out there rocking a SpongeBob jersey in triple A at 39 years old or whatever the hell he is. Hey man. And I'm, awesome. I'm just like that. That is just like he's just gaming down there. He's like, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna come down here. I'm gonna hit baseballs. I think, I think I would look at that jersey and I'd be like, yeah, it's time to retire. I'm done. I don't know, man. Some of, I mean, I'm telling you, some of the guys that, that were there that I saw Friday night, I, I know that they were all at the uh, on the major league level at one point. But from my vantage point, it looks like they were having fun and they were really competing. Gabby uh, Guerrero was getting pissed off by one of our pitchers because he was he couldn't figure out the signs were and he and he. Uh, <laughs> you can feel the frustration. Like, come on, man, let me. Let me I want to. I want to smash already. <laughs> but they look like, I mean, I, I was looking at the Monarchs, uh, uh, Doug, and they, they look like they were having fun, man. They, I mean, it, it helps when you're beating the crap out of another team 10 to 2. But, yeah. and of course, I don't have to tell, I don't have to explain this to Sean. Sean used to work for the Montgomery Biscuits. So I'm pretty sure he's seen his fair share of uh, minor league players and all that. So, yeah. All right, let's go move on to major league players. It's the all star game. I believe the ballots are out. I, I've noticed people are bragging about their ballots. So they say, let's brag about our ballots, goddammit. And I'm going to start because I haven't been here in a while. <laughs> took two weeks off it feels like i've been out forever too all right well here's my ballot at catcher it's wilson Contreras. at first base is matt olson second base trey turner shortstop xander bogarts third base rafael devers outfield aaron judge outfield jordan alvarez outfielder julio rodriguez that and my designated hitter is bo bichette I told the guys we should do just do three SPs, uh, sorry, three starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, because we, we don't have control of that. We don't have a say in that. That's a managerial thing. So figure, you know, get five pitchers in, three and two. So my starting pitchers are Joe Musgrove, Shane McClanahan, Logan Gilbert, and my relievers are Clay Holmes, David Bednar. You two should notice by now that there was a method to this madness. I'm only picking players who are on my fantasy teams to go to the All-Star game. Screw everybody else. Screw results. Screw production. I want to see my guys who are helping me have a combined winning record this year. I want to see them on television at the All-Star game. That's my All-Star lineup. I'm going to vote for them as much as I can. And uh, boo-hoo if your favorite players don't get in. Just just an easy boo-hoo. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I, it's, you, hey, seeing grown men cry always brings me so much <laughs> joy and glee. You know, these tough, oh, yeah, I, 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 baseball, yeah, I love baseball. But hey, why are you talking shit about my favorite players? Why are you making fun <laughs> of my fantasy team? <laughs> I have feelings all of a sudden. Okay, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, Austin, you have a ballot for us? I do. I was wondering why you ha- or how you finished yours so quickly, and I figured out why. It's because I did double the work. I did AL and NL. Um, oh, so- oh, oops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I should have uh, – <laughs> well, anyway, also, was like wow that was easy that was fast <laughs> yeah it was like dang he did that fast how did he do that um well, we got other players to talk about so you know what we, we got all these players to talk about so uh see if you can co- just pick the best names of the of, of the two leagues and we'll, we'll uh let's see at catcher the 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 one that the better one that i have is wilson Contreras. um first base i'm sure we'll talk about one of mine in 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 the, in the show, but um, so I'll go with the other one, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, second base, I have Jose Altuve. Third base is, oh, this one's tough. I'm going to do uh, Manny Machado. Um, shortstop, I have Tommy Edmond. Um, left field, Jordan Alvarez. Center field, I have Trout. Uh, right field, I have uh, Judge. DH, I have Bryce Harper. 
And then my starting pitchers, I'm going to go with uh, McClanahan, uh, Alcantara, and Musgrove. And then uh, my relief pitchers, Clay Holmes and uh, Josh Hader. Uh, who was your third pitcher? You got Musgrove, McClanahan, and who? Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara. And I'm trying to type this up I, I, for the record, by the way. And who's the relievers again? I'm sorry. My relievers were Clay Holmes and Josh Hader. Okay. Yeah, man, you got a bunch of guys from my team, huh? You didn't pick from other teams I see? Okay. I have I have a bunch from my teams too, but unlike you, okay. I didn't want to seem biased. So no, <laughs> Javier Bias, no, he's Javier Bias isn't making the All-Star game, bro. I'm sorry to break this to you. Javier Bias is not making the All-Star game. Sorry to break everybody's heart there. I, I, I don't think Javier it's his Bias year. I just don't think it's his year. <laughs> All right. Uh Sean, did you get a chance to make one or no? Yeah, I'm trying to type it out right now. So I'll I'll push and then I'll have it officially ready in a few minutes. All right, well, let's move on then to position by position as uh, Sean figures that thing out. Uh, you guys have access to the – I'm just going to go through the Fangraphs leaderboard. No no uh, uh, made-up stats here, or made up in, in terms of uh, me creating a spreadsheet or anything. I'm just going to go position by position over at the Fangraphs leaderboard. You guys have all have access to that website, so check them out. And I uh, have it sorted by war. Uh so I mean it's it's a who's who of uh, I start we start with catcher always right we start with catcher and it's a who's who of uh, big names here Wilson Contreras Dalton Varsho Sean Murphy JT Real Muto and Will Smith getting jiggy with it those are the only guys who qualify who have enough qualified plate appearances because as you know guys catchers don't get a lot of playing time but these are the only guys with a, a wins above replacement above one uh, Sean, let's start with you. Is there any catcher that is not on the list? Because the other two names are Salvador Perez and Yasmani Grandal, but they're on the negative side of things. Is there a catcher that's not on the list that you feel should uh, warrant more um, more uh, uh, hype there? I was muted. Yeah, there we oh, go. Uh, there go. Uh, typical me. Uh, catcher's been weird this year. That it's You've had a couple of guys that are starting to play more. You've had a couple of guys that have just been doing the same thing as they've always done. Uh, I think Alejandro Kirk taking it full advantage of Danny Jansen's injuries so far. Danny Jansen going back on the IL. Um, and Kirk has just taken that opportunity and run with it. Uh, only 50 games, 178 plate appearances. So I don't even think he he shows up as a, a qualified catcher. Um, yeah. Uh, even though he's right around some of those guys. But uh Alejandro Kirk finally getting the the opportunity and doing what we saw him do in the minors and just mash like crazy uh, on base over 400 slugging 481 batting 325 those all lead catchers uh, with at least I think like 75 plate appearances uh, but yeah Alejandro Kirk definitely a guy who could possibly be the catcher at the all-star game and I think should Okay, I mean that's a good argument, and uh, you'll notice a lot of these guys. Uh, well, maybe not a lot of them, but the at least uh, from when we did the exercise in our total basis league, the podcast league over at ESPN, a lot of the leaderboards were guys who don't even catch a lot, and Alejandro Kirk is one of them, um, who is ma- mainly used as a what as a designated hitter, right? It, well, that's that's what they were trying to do when Jansen was on the roster, right. but now with Jansen off the roster, they've called up Gabriel Moreno, the top prospect catcher. But I don't even think he's made it into a game yet. So yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. It's a it's a it's a wealth of catching over there, and of course Dalton Varsho. I think that's Austin's guy in one of the leagues here, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, he he's I have playing. Dalton Varsho in the uh, in our Mardi Gras league. 
Uh, see, I knew I, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. But yeah, he he's not playing catching a lot. He, he's he's mostly a center fielder, and it looks like that's where he's going to stick if uh, if they want the if the Diamondbacks want to keep his productivity. Uh, so Austin, who's your guy that well, should get more hype? The the other my AL catcher that I picked was Alejandro Kirk. So I I agree with Sean there. But if we're going to go with a different guy. Um, that I'm looking at right now. There's actually two that I feel like would deserve it, but I'm going to give the nod to Jose Trevino of the Yankees. Um, He's only played 39 games, has 104 plate appearances, but he already has, um, out of all the catchers, if you filter it out to zero plate appearances and just grab all the catchers, um, in 39 games, he already has the third highest war behind Wilson Contreras and Alejandro Kirk. Um, He's got a 148 weighted runs created plus, He's batting 309 with a 356 OBP and a 505 slugging. Um, doesn't strike out a whole lot, 13.5%, um, you know, compared to some of these other catchers that are in the 20%, 25% range. Um, even Dalton Varsho, who I feel like is also an all-star, he's at 25.1%. You have Jose Trevino at 13.5%. Um, isolated power of 196. The dude is raking. He's raking. Um, so yeah. – I uh, I feel like Jose Trevino deserves a look, even though he's played about 10 games less and has about 100, 115 plate appearances less than everybody else. And uh, Melvin's letting us know, Melvin's on the show once again. Melvin, uh, uh, letting us know that Gabriel Moreno did play last night. He went one for four, scored a run, struck out once. So uh, maybe, maybe the Gabriel Moreno at catcher uh, era has started for the Blue Jays already, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they had, they maybe, maybe that'll be like the only time time he plays for like two weeks, and then he'll just inexplicably, inexplicably get sent back down, and like Zach Collins comes up. <laughs> yeah, let's let's watch Zach Collins play. Why not? Why not? Because he it works so well with the with the with the White Sox. Uh, another guy that we should probably talk about. Not too much though. Jonah Heim, who's just. I mean, I was trying. I know we talked about him uh, very early on in this show, but I thought he was just going to be. Uh, an afterthought. Yeah, but, I'm um, not really so sure good. how much. Like, I, I felt like he could be a major league catcher, and you know, like split time and play 80, 90 games or something like that. But he's, I mean, the numbers have come back down because it was really just a huge hot start for him, where he was batting like 350 for three weeks. Um, yeah, but yeah, 124 WRC plus, slugging 470. Uh, it's an interesting profile. Uh, I think he's a good part-time catcher, you know, that you pair with somebody else and uh, off to a, a nice little solid start. So he was the other one that I was, that I was looking at along with Jose Trevino was Jonah Heim, but I feel like Jose Trevino has kind of had a better um, season uh, right overall season, even though he's had 10 less games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I picked him up in the Mardi Gras league when Tyler Stevenson went down. So uh, and Stevenson would probably get some, also consideration, but he is uh, out for the next four to six weeks with a thumb injury, maybe more. Who knows? Those are, I mean, for a catcher, that's pretty, it's a pretty tough uh, injury to get back from, especially, you know, it, if it affects your hitting. I, and I don't know what, which hand, which thumb it is, but yeah, that's kind of a concern. And uh, I don't know, man, it might be time to consider if William Contreras could keep hitting this way, we might see both Contreras brothers make the all-star game. That would yeah, be awesome. That that that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. They're definitely Atlanta's definitely trying to work Contreras into the lineup consistently, both catcher left field. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I I still have reservations about William Contreras. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't doubt that when he does make contact, he can hit it a long way. But I, I just doubt the hit tool. 
and we'll, and yeah. we'll see how long he can keep it up. No, uh, concerns are are valid, but yeah, if he's but if he continues to produce, it's hard to it's harder to argue. But he has a ways to go. I mean, we still have what over, like maybe a month before the games get started. So, all right, let's move on to first base. It's a who's who of uh, elite first baseman: Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Pete Alonso, so on and so forth. Uh, I picked Matt Olson because he was the best first baseman on my league and uh, any of my teams. Uh, CJ Crone is up there on the list as well. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Sean. Who's your guy that deserves more um, recognition here? I think this is going to be uh, Josh Bell. And this is coming from someone who has railed against Josh Bell for two years. That's um, my guy. Ever since he had that you know, great month of May in 2019, I mean, he'd just been terrible ever since, but this year he's been the best, really the, the best offensive player in that lineup was Juan Soto, just not being pitched too competitively at all. Um, and he's off to a good start. So Josh Bell. Uh, Austin, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with, I mean, I like the Josh Bell pick because Josh Bell is on my fantasy team, but, um, <laughs> when you look at it, there's a whole lot of who's who in the, in the Fangraphs leaderboard of first base when you got Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie Freeman and Pete Alonzo and, you know, Matt Olson is up there and all those guys, but one that sticks out is probably a guy that maybe not very many people know about, or, you know, the, uh, the casual fan anyway, may not know about it's Ty France mm-hmm. of the Mariners. Um, Ty France is having a hell of a season, really good season. Um, he's got the second highest war of any um, first baseman on on the board. Um, he's got a weighted runs created plus of 168, batting 329 with a 406 OBP and a 496 slugging. Um, he, I mean, there's really nothing bad you can say about Ty France's season. Um, he's doing exceptionally well right now. The only um, first baseman that has a higher war than Ty France is Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt has a 2.8 war. Ty France has a 2.4 war. Um, when you look, when you compare him with Matt Olson, your choice, um, Ty France is double the war, um, 2.4 war compared to 1.2 war. So I think, and but I think he's going to lose out because um, first base has a lot of pop more popular players the paul goldschmidt's the freddie freeman's the pete alonzo's the matt olson's all those guys so i have a feeling he's gonna miss out the the guerrero juniors and i feel like he's gonna miss out a little bit because the fact that he's not well known and it's gonna suck yeah and i'm kind of it, it, go ahead i'm sorry i, I was gonna say and in speaking before because this is you know a very star heavy position um two guys that i didn't want to get overlooked and neither will probably make the all-star team because they both have very popular very exciting teammates that likely will uh garrett cooper who i could swear was younger than 31 years old but here he is he he, he's having a a career a a career year staying (laughs) healthy uh 315 389 473 147 wrc plus but probably won't sniff the uh the all-star game because of jazz chisholm uh, and then for Minnesota, for Minnesota, Luis Arias has finally found a, a home at first base because he was just terrible everywhere else. And he will probably won't make it because of Byron Buxton and uh, probably who's another good player that that team. I mean, I mean, yeah, Buxton's kind of it and then the rotation. But uh, Luis Arias is just casually batting 367, 449 on base, 444 slugging. 
Uh, it's the third highest WRC plus position behind only Goldschmidt and France. Uh, he's walked 12% of his plate appearances and he struck out in 8% of his plate appearances. So he's walking way more than he strikes out, which is really fun to see. And finally, Luis arises possibly having that season where he flirts with 400 and just very convincingly wins the batting title. Yeah, uh, and then uh, a lot, Luis Arias, you talk about Luis Arias, he could play multiple positions. I thought Ty France also played multiple positions, but it looks like the Mariners are just going to keep him at first yeah, base. Yeah, they, they try, <laughs> tried playing him at second base, and he was terrible, kind of like the Luis Arias deal, because Luis Arias can play second base and third base you and left field, but you don't want him playing there. Like He, is, he was so bad, Luis Arias was this year, and I think Ty France was that same way last year right after the trade. And uh, another guy uh, that uh, we talk about on this podcast a lot, it's it's actually Sean's guy, Yandy Diaz, who's uh, a rare breed, still wa- walks more than strikes out, has a 411 on base percentage, but a 354 slugging percentage. I, I was going to save I was going to save him for the third base uh, show. Uh, I, I was going to save him for that. But yeah, he uh, he's uh, awesome still. No, we're, no, no, no. Hold on. Now. We're still waiting for those power numbers to pick up, man. What's the holdup? I've been waiting. I mean, the, the, the power numbers did pick up in 2019. <laughs> 354 slugging percentage right now, Sean. Come on. There you go. Hey, four, you that's horrible. What do you think? Yeah, I know, but 411 on base. I'll take it. No, I want the information as to why he only has a 0.079 ISO power. Come on, man. It's first base, third base. Because he, he's always power. been. he's always been like that. But why hasn't it transited to more power numbers? Because he hits he, it too many ground balls. Right, it's, the same, so it's, it's, it's the same thing that's been his problem all, all the time. No, 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 man. If you can, no, that's terrible. I'm sorry. That's good on base guy, <laughs> but come on, man. I mean, I mean, the Rays, they're obviously winning with him, clearly. But I don't know. I just want to expect more from my corner infielders. Been kind of waiting for it. I mean, I was promised, Sean. I was promised more consistent power because he I was prom- I I, pro- I I would promise you that he'd hit the ball hard. I didn't say where he'd hit the ball hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to second base. Anybody else that we uh, needed to talk about here? Uh, I see Trey Mancini, Christian Walker, who's I think there was there not was excited about any of the rest of them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't realize Christian Walker was hitting a dollar 97, but he has 15 home runs. Yeah. So oh, far, he, we- he's another guy that is smacking the crap out of the ball and, the the discrepancy between his batting average and expected batting average is like very very large. Yeah. So uh, I'm just hoping that he has like one of these months where it's just like he bats 400, he hits nine home runs, like it's just an insane month. All right, moving on to second base. Then uh, this uh, Austin already mentioned him, Tommy Admin, Jazz Chisholm, probably one of the more exciting players. But we're finding out that he's a little bit of a diva out there, so we'll see if that affects. This is my surprise face. Wow. Yeah. Cocky player <laughs> does good. What do you expect? <laughs> Je- Jeff McNeil makes the uh, top of the list here, as well as Santiago Espinal, who seems to just be perpetually on waiver wires. And then we finally get a big name like Jose Altuve, Trevor Story, who's, as, as Austin will realize, that he's come on strong in the last few weeks or so. Yeah, and I almost traded him away. Yeah, well... Uh, patience pays off for you, or or you could have just gone after some some other scrub from waiver wire like everybody else does. So good, <laughs> good on your patience. Uh, Brandon Drury, you could have gone with that guy too if you wanted to, but uh, Brandon Drury is still uh, on the top ten on this 
Fangrass leaderboard. Uh, let's start with uh, Sean. Is there a name that you want to talk about at second base here? Uh, I, you know, Tommy Edmonds at the top of this list, but I have him written up as a shortstop right now because mm-hmm. after the whole DeYoung, uh, he, he's just been at shortstop. So that leaves me with uh, Jeff McNeil. Of course, little Mets bias here, but Jeff McNeil coming off, you know, a terrible year last year. But from 18 to 20, he was just like the most consistent, like come as you go, 300 hitter. Uh, he tapped into some power in 19, pulled the ball for more power, but could still go the opposite way, still hit over well over 300. Um, last year deals with a bum hamstring, tries to really rush back from it, never got right in the box. You know, he was basically, if you ever see his stance, it looks like it's straight out of like the 60s. Like he's all hunched over, and I mean, real squatted down. But last year he was standing straight up. He didn't have his legs underneath him. Uh, now he's back. Uh 312, 364, 436. And he hit a couple of balls early in the year when it was like the dead, dead, dead ball era uh, of the season where he he knew he hit, hit it. Like, and he was like, damn, that's going to go. And he starts rounding first base and then it just died. And so, yeah, he's he was very upset at a lot of that. He's, you know, he said, you know what? I'm just going to try and hit the ball. I'm not going to try and, you know, hit too many home runs. He said, if they start carrying out, they start carrying out. But he, he said that, that on that plate appearance, you know, he had gotten ahead in the count, like three, one, and he just turned and burned on it. And it just, it just died. And he was like, what the hell did they do to this ball? And he was just, he's one of those guys who gets so mad in the batter's box. So like when they caught that ball, he's, he's walking away from the dugout. He's like, mother God damn. <laughs> he's just going and going, but Jeff McNeil turning back to form uh, as that prototypical, you know, table setter with a little bit of power, a little bit of speed already has the three home runs, two stolen bases. So maybe a, a, a 10, 10 from a guy who bats 320, 330. All right. And then uh, Austin, who's your guy? So we've already talked about uh, McNeil is actually my left field choice. Um, so, and we've already talked about Espinal. We've already talked about Drury. So I'm going to bring up um, one that, you know, we haven't really talked about, but is quietly having a good season, not power wise, but is having a good season. Nonetheless is Gavin Lux of the Dodgers yeah. um, in 53 games. He's, he's batting 296, 375, 385 slugging. Um, he's got a 122 weighted runs created plus for a one in a, uh, for a 1.5 war, which is right around Brandon Drury, DJ, LeMay, DJ LeMayhew, point one under Trevor story, point two under Jose Altuve. Like he's right in there. He's in the top 10 in terms of um, second baseman. So um, he's having a good, quietly a good season. Um, 11 and a, 11.5 uh, walk percentage, 17.7 strikeout percentage. He's doing really good. I, there really isn't anything. He's got a WOBA of uh, what is that? 341 and his expected WOBA is pretty close. So he's performing right where he's supposed to be. Um, you know, as an angels fan, it, it kills me to recommend a Dodger for the all-star game, but you know what? Gavin Lux is pulling up and, you know, quietly having a good season with all these other second basemen. And Austin is in flux having to talk about Gavin Lux. <laughs> uh, another guy that I want to mention was uh, Jorge Polanco. Since uh, we're glorifying guys who can't slug more than 400. Uh, Jorge Polanco uh, with a 1.2 war as well. Just kind of waiting for him to start getting hot for my team. Cause, uh, uh, I mean, he was pretty damn good last year. And then, of course, I pick him back right up again. I've always been a big fan of Jorge Polanco, but of course he can't 
produce, but he has uh he does have an on base percentage of 340. So maybe there's some hope for him. And a guy we haven't mentioned at all. I mean, unless I missed it, I'm uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, tying up some loose sense on the on the comments here. But Jorge, I'm sorry, Ozzy Albies. That was the number one second baseman uh, coming into this year. He's now down to number 11 with a 249 average, 289 on base, which, Sean, I remember we talked about that. That was always a concern that he can go as high as 340, 350, but he can always go below 300. And this year is one of those years. Uh, he's still slugging at 414. But, uh, yeah, Ozzy Albies is been, not living up to that hype. Go ahead. Been telling you guys for years. Like- uh, I, and I, I just thought it was one of those. He was always great versus left-handed hitters but he's always been below league average against right-handed hitters. And he was as a right-handed hitter or when facing right-handed pitchers. So when he's a lefty, uh, he was just like a dead pull hitter. You know, he would just try and turn and burn, lift and try and hit a power for it. But he never got on base. He didn't really hit for a high average. It was just home runner bust from the left side of the plate. Uh, And I really think, you know, a, a dead ball really hurts him in this situation where that happens. Uh, and of course, losing Freddie Freeman, uh, having Freddie Freeman not be behind you in the batting order. I thought that was a huge, uh, mm. I was always the low guy in Ozzy Albies. I was even lower on him this year because of no Freddie Freeman. Uh, and yeah, th- this is what we see. All right. Moving on to shortstop. A uh, couple of guys I want to mention Xander Borgart's trade Turner. I have to mention them because they're on my team, not just my all-star ballot, but they're also on the, on my podcast team league. So uh, but some people will come up to me and say, well, my scrub players are better. Guys like Brendan Rodgers are better than those guys. So, okay, <laughs> guy. Brendan Rodgers, the, well, the bottom of the second base list. I just saw him down there having a horrible year. But I'm being told otherwise. I don't know, man. These people are high as hell. Uh, there's Tommy Edmund, number five again. Bo Bichette, number six. Uh, another guy, Bobby Witt Jr., making the list just because the Royals are, are going to continue to throw him out there and see if he can figure things out. I have him in my baseball life team. And, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a train wreck, Sean. Yeah, I mean, he's been good defensively, which is going to keep him on the field at the major league level. And surprisingly enough, you look at that slash line and you're like, wow, that's not very good. But in the state of baseball as it is now, he's a 102 WRC plus guy. I mean, that is 2% above league average. And he's chipped in, you know, a little bit of power, 10 steals. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, things could go worse. I mean, in terms of rookie debut seasons, it could be far worse. Yeah, it really makes me wonder if I did the right thing by, I mean, because I drafted five consecutive prospects in our inaugural uh, keeper draft. Remember that, Sean? Yeah. Uh, for the Baseball Life League. And two of those guys was Royce Lewis. Uh, well, actually, three of those guys, Royce Lewis, Jared Kalenic, and Bobby Wood Jr. And Royce Lewis out for the year. Yep. Again, same, same, a- same, same ACL. Yeah. That's a damn shame. Uh, Jared Kalenic, who is a bust. I'll let that simmer down. For Still you. on my roster. Of course. I heard <laughs> I, what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say you, wow. you did hear it. <laughs> you talk about sad and pathetic, man. Come on, just let it go, Elsa. Let it go. No, because I know the second I drop him, you're going to drop somebody in your minor league. Well, actually, do. he can't fit in a minor league slot anymore. But no, no, you no, no, you no. would pick him up. I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> uh, no, I won't. I, the end is full. I got, I got players. I got players. I'm not – you know what it is, Sean? And this is – you know what? I'm going to save it for another episode about – prospects list and prospect hype and all that but i'll tell you one thing i've had more fun looking at minor league players just doing the whole thing that we did in that last show with the prospects where we literally looked at the at the minor league um results at triple a double a single a and all that i had more fun looking up those players than i did looking at a list of uh, the top 50 but uh and i'll and 
I'll go into more detail on a future show. But uh, yeah. no, nah, man, uh, you got to perform. You got to perform if you want to be on my team. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was – and then uh, who else was on my team? But I remember that might have cost me a couple of championships by going that route. I don't know. We'll never know. It's hard to tell. But so far, it's been a big dud, that strategy to uh, get up, get all the top five prospects uh, in, a, in, a, in the draft, uh, during the draft, during the inaugural draft, and uh, hoarding them. And then, you know, you see them blossom and you plant them, you see them blossom, you see them grow up. And it's just, that's, nah. <laughs> and I forgot who the other two players were, but they were, I'm pretty sure they were pretty big names. So anyway, enough about me. Austin, who's your shortstop that you want to talk about? Shortstop I want to talk about. So we've already talked about Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond was my pick for, for a shortstop. The other one that I want to talk about is J.P. Crawford um, for Seattle. <laughs> I feel like J.P. Crawford is going to lose out on um, the all-star the all-star game because I mean he may get in if if a player gets hurt but he's gonna lose be, he's gonna lose out because you got Bogarts you got um, you know you got Bichette you got Wander Franco you got you know people like that that I think are gonna get votes before JP Crawford but JP Crawford himself is having a very good season a three uh, slash line 304 395 446 um, weighted runs created plus of 151 the man is better than 51 percent of the league like come on it's it's the highest wrc plus among all qualified shortstops exactly which is a sentence i never thought i'd hear myself say about jp crawford (laughs) (laughs) so jp crawford is having a hell of a season. he's having a really really good season um the other one that i kind of wanted to put a spotlight on is dansby swanson i also think dansby swanson will lose out but you know i'll i'll leave that for if somebody else wants to talk about dansby swanson all right I went back, Sean. Listen to the listen to the, these five draft picks I made back in 2020. That's our inaugural uh, season. Because look at this. It's a who's who of, of prospects. Late in the draft, I decided, you know what? I better hoard up these prospects because uh, I don't want anybody to get these guys. Royce Lewis was my number one uh, selection yeah. uh, in the late in the draft. Well, we have 30 rounds. So this is what, round 22, 23, 24. Jared Kalenic, Bobby Witt Jr., Forrest Whitley. Oh, oh, God. And, <laughs> and Christian Pache, all top 30. I think they were all in the top 30 at that point. Top yeah. 30 major league prospects, if not higher than that. So there's your lesson to be learned. Just because they're on a big, fancy prospect list doesn't mean that they're going to turn out to be good or they're going to live up to expectations. So, so I, that, I, I was just selling people on, on Joey Weimer, Weimer, however you pronounce it. And he every, he's like, on most lists, Baseball America, he's like, somewhere in the 90s. MLB, I think, has them in the 90s. But if you go back and you look over the last two seasons in the minor leagues, um, any prospect with at least 500 plate appearances, he's like third and fourth in WOBA and WRC+. And it's like nobody talks about these guys. I, the, the other people on that list were like Juan Yepes. Um, oh, yeah. And then you started seeing like more like the bigger names, like Jordan Walker from St. Louis or Spencer Torkelson. And it's like those guys get a lot of the the press, but it's like these guys that weren't. I mean, Joey Weimer was fourth round pick in a five round draft, and he's done nothing but mash a 30, 30, 30 guy over his first, you know, 500 and change plate appearances. But he's not he's never going to be a top 10 prospect. I mean, it just because he didn't have the pedigree. He didn't have the draft position. It's like I want guys that produce. I, I, I don't want just uh, a hype. Granted, hype has value in its own in trades, but I want actual value. 
Yeah, not you know what this value. is starting to sound like? Is this starting to sound like the NFL draft where 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 teams have a choice between getting the four-year starter or the or the junior or senior quarterback who started for one year but uh really shown uh, showed up in that one year and 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 raises uh, draft stock. And it's it really is amazing how these one-year wonders get exposed once again to the NFL. Maybe that's the same thing. You know, we, we, yeah. I mean, Royce Lewis was a highly regarded product, number one pick overall, by the way. I know he came out of high school too, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Got all the hype, all, and, and then the red flag should have been there when we saw what he was doing in single A, rookie ball, double A. He wasn't really producing, he was very inconsistent. But, ah, you know, I mean, we talked about it, Sean. We talked, yeah. You saw him I, 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 I saw him in person, and I was like, because that year he just hadn't, really come around to himself like he he dominated rookie league and low a and then when he got to high a he was just kind of like a okay hitter and i'm like wait this guy's the number one number two prospect in baseball and then of course the game that he actually played in it was a double header he didn't play game one played the game two and he had like a home run a triple and like all, all the tools were on display and i was like oh that's what that, that that's what they saw but I, I was always still lower on him than most people just because I was like, okay. And then, of course, he misses all of 2020 and 2021 with the knee surgery uh, and COVID. Um, yeah. Was off to a great start in the minors this year. Called up, was off to a good start again. And it, it sucks to see. It really can't does. Just like Byron Buxton can't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll be happy to know that the guy I picked after those prospects, <laughs> Kevin Gossman. Hey, there you go. Big brain, big brain move. Brain. That was probably uh, when he was had just been traded and thrown into the bullpen in Atlanta, and they had him throw nothing but the splitter, basically. Yeah, no, and then I see that he was listed as the, the Giants already here, so I think this might have been his first year with the Giants. I remember saying, hey, hey you guys got to look out for Kevin Gosman. He's with the Giants now. He doesn't have to worry about small ballparks in Baltimore or a tough NL East league. Anyway, uh, I just want to point out the guys you drafted while I drafted those prospects, Sean. Oh God. Brandon, oh God. Brandon Nimmo, Brandon Nimmo, Blake Trinan, James Karinchak, Alec Bohm, and Andrew Vaughn. I'm looks like I, I, I would have been better off picking those guys instead of the prospects at this point. Yeah, game. and I have none of those guys left. <laughs> right? I, I I mean I might have no, I don't even have Nimmo. Uh Tyler Stevenson was right after those guys. So I drafted Gossman, you drafted Stevenson. So uh yeah, yeah. So uh lesson learned. Uh don't go, don't, don't, don't go chasing waterfalls, you guys. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Uh, did anybody talk about Jeremy Pena yet? I mean, shortstop is loaded here, but Jeremy yeah, Pena short, shortstop's having a great year. Nobody's talked about Pena yet. Yeah, the reason that uh, the Astros were happy to see Carlos Correa go was because Jeremy Pena was going to be a good one. Jeremy Pena, uh, currently 270, 322, 449 with uh, eight home runs, 25 RBI, still raw, still learning. Francisco Lindor is uh, should get some votes in. Uh, make sure Wander Franco. Everybody's excited to see him, but he is kind of slumping right now with a 305 on base percentage. But he is one of the more exciting players, one of the young, exciting players. And there's Corey Seager at number 11, but not having a good year so far. So, but he'll get some votes because of name recognition, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's move on to third base. Uh, we have at the top of the list uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, my guy, Rafael Devers. Actually, Manny Machado's at the top of the list. Oh, okay. Machado and Ramirez are tied at, at 38.5. Wins above replacement according to fan graphs. Rafael Devers, everybody's favorite third baseman, though. Nolan Arenado, 2.5. <laughs> and rounding out the top five is Austin Riley. Austin, let's start with you since your name is Austin as well. Who is your third baseman you want to talk about? Uh, so both my picks were Manny Machado and Jose Ramirez. It kind of was 
that one was pretty easy. But the other one that I want to talk about is actually on one of my fantasy teams having a having a pretty good season on a really terrible team is Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates. Um, Cabrian Hayes in 53 games has a slash line of 283 with a 367 on base percentage. Um, he's not slugging above 400. He yeah, get on get on to him, Felipe. His guy's not slugging. Uh, he, his on base is lower than his, or higher than his slugging. Get on to him. I was like, who, who, who's that guy? I'm sorry, I'm Hayes. Cabrian Hayes. And, and, oh, and just yeah. and just like Yandi, he hits the hell out of the ball. It's yeah, just we, he we doesn't about, hit it for power. He, he, he never about, has. He never we has. We talked about it, but we don't hype up Cabrian Hayes like you hype up Yanni Diaz, though. That's oh, I think more people hype up Cabrian no, 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 Hayes no. than Yanni. No, I'm talking about other people. I'm talking about this podcast. <laughs> I think we've been pretty fair with Cabrian Hayes, but I don't know, man. You you, you seem to uh, hype up Yanni Diaz a little too much is all I'm saying. You know? No, yeah, Yanni. Okay, Yanni's a better real-life guy than he is fantasy guy. I'll give you that. All right. As long as you admit it, man. That's all I ask. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, Cabrian, Cabrian Hayes will probably lose out to people like Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado and probably Austin Riley will get some votes too. Um, so I don't really see Cabrian Hayes making the all-star team. But, I mean, it, it, it's something to say in a league that is down offensively. You know, nobody – I mean, you're, you're having a few people that are starting to slug. They're starting to figure out the ball and slug now. But, I mean, slugging is down all over the league. So yeah, – yeah. I mean, I think it's been more important, especially at the beginning of the year, of just getting on base, whether um, whether or not it's hitting for power, just getting on base because the ball is obviously different. So, and Cabrian yeah. Hayes has figured out a way to do that. Um, it may not be, you know, slugging for extra base hits, but he's getting on base. He's got a good grip of stolen bases. He's got seven stolen bases this year. Um, so, and he's done it to the tune of a 117 weighted runs created plus and a 1.8, uh, 1.8 war good for sixth on all of the, on MLB third baseman. So, uh, my pick is Cabrian Hayes. Uh, I see DJ LeMahieu still in the top 10. I mean, obviously that's, uh, you know, he's been playing almost every day. It seems like, and I, I saw, I could have sworn I saw Yankee fans complaining about him and I, wow, is he really doing that bad? And he's still top 10, 261 average, 343 on base, 404 slugging. That's. That's pretty much who he is, right? Without yeah. the, uh, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's kind of down. Um, I mean, last year he was batting 268. Um, so, and he's at 261 now. Um, but I think they want the 2020 DJ. Let me hear that's just not going to happen. You I mean, it, it, it could, happen. it could happen, it could happen, but it, it just, I, I just don't think it's going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the no benefit of the ball doesn't yeah. no benefit of the smaller ballparks or the course field effect. This is who he is. He's a, this is why the Cubs didn't believe in him when they released him and sent him to the Rockies. Uh, he's a line drive hitter, but as you know, line drives don't always mean home runs or or big time power. But see on the Diaz and Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, clearly. But this is, <laughs> I mean, this is this is not too bad though. I mean, a seven forty seven ops from a from a middle infielder. I mean, just you guys are the best he's, in the league. He's, he's not a middle infielder. Uh, well, he's listed here. I mean, yeah, he's he's been playing a lot of I, I think first base oh, like, too. I am so sorry. This is the third base list. Yeah, I, yeah. This is th- well third base, but I, I saw him playing first base the other day too, and I was like, the, whoa, that's weird. The majority to say. of his games have actually been at third base. Third. Okay. Yeah. I I know I've seen him play more like first base like than in the past. Like I, yeah. I know he's always played a good a good bit of second and third, but. Hey guys, you know, I, to me, he'll always be a second baseman. All right, I don't care what anybody says. In forty-five games, he's played eight games at first, sixteen games at second, and twenty-eight he, games at third. He qualifies. He almost qualifies for next year too. Yeah, almost got it. Almost got it lined up. 
<laughs> well, just like his uh, just like his line drives that he hits, right? Um, anybody else? Uh, let's see. We got. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a top ten list, but it's a it, as the pattern I'm seeing here, guys. Once you get off outside the top six, top seven, it just goes downhill in terms of the production. Even though they're still in the top ten, the position uh, the, with the balls being weighed heavily or the humidors, I don't know what it is. It's so unpredictable. It's not reliable. But uh, a lot of these guys uh, are not uh, producing the way they should. I mean, Alex Bregman, who's on my uh, podcast league team, still showing the good plate discipline, very patient hitter, but uh, has a 710 ops. And he's number 11 on this list, or tied for 10th, I should say, with, uh, oh no, number 11, sorry, number 11 with Andy Diaz. Uh, Patrick Wisdom also at the bottom of the list, but he has a 765 ops. But we, we know Patrick Wisdom with a 35% strikeout rate. So. Uh, anybody else that we need to mention here? Uh, I just find it of note that I, I, I dropped the minimum PAs to 50. Okay. And two <laughs> names that pop up in terms of WRC plus uh, one, Jason Vossler left-handed infielder from the giants and Jake Berger, who I, was like a prospect of note. And mm. he's caught fire here in the last couple of weeks. And on the season, uh, he's played in 36 games, 136 plate appearances, 280, 326, 528 with eight home runs and only those 136 plate appearances, and so far has a 143 WRC+. plus. Uh, so, yeah, so he's a guy that I, I've been trying to keep an eye on because he's been available yeah. in some leagues, and, yeah, he's striking out about 30%, you know, 29, 30% of the time. But yeah, well, yeah, I, no. he, he, I feel like he's one of those guys that his power is pretty legit. Like, yeah, him and without, Seth Beer, with, right? without even, like, really, yeah. I mean, they're just big guys, burger and beer guys. Burger beer and who's a uh, fry? Oh, fries, fry, 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 yeah. Fry. But but he he's like the he he wouldn't fit in with them because actually no, he no. would because he's a tiny thin fry and they're... he's skinny like a fry. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and burger uh, and beer just boom. <laughs> you had some brown sugar to him. He's a sweet potato fry. Uh, listen, guys. <laughs> listen, gentlemen. Number one rule is don't trust any White Sox prospects. Don't trust them. I mean, we were talking big about Gavin Sheets too last year, so I'm not getting my hopes up on any White Sox prospects. They've done such a shit job being themselves, as always. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn. They can figure that hey, minor if, league system if out. If they just combine Jake Berber and uh, Berber, <laughs> Berber, baby, Jake Berber and Gavin Sheets and just let them, like, DH. One faces lefties, one faces righties. Well, yeah, I, I, that's like I, Barry Bonds right there. I saw one comment that suggested that Jake Berger should play second base. Like, well, okay, guy. All right. That's when you know you're. Well, I mean, that was like uh, Andrew Vaughn started playing second base, and I was like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the outfielders. And, and this is the creme de la creme here. They the, the got six names who are over 2.0 in terms of fan graphs, wins above replacement. You got Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, who's having a big bounce back year, Mike Trout. So shout out to Corey Decker who was able to draft both of those guys in the first and second round pick. You know, the best thing about, uh, you know, the best thing about him though, Austin is uh, he wouldn't have uh, made that trade to trade both of those guys for Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh God. Uh, Shout out well, to Larry. We know, there. We know somebody else that was going to. Yeah. 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 I'm beating his ass right now. Just like a rented mule. Jordan Alvarez. And, and, and same guy wanted, um, uh, your guys, your, you want your, your guys your call for three bums. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I don't know if we told you this, Sean. But uh, Larry tried to get Garrett Cole and two uh, other players to be named later, I guess, for three of his worst hitters, and he was justifying it. Uh, the other guy did 
uh, he did accept the trade. Austin, like the commission, the good commissioner that he is, he called, he went, reached out to him. Hey, oh. why did you accept this trade? And Jake said, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Jake is the other guy, Jake Hibbert. He goes, oh, oh, I agree. It's a shitty trade, but I just accepted it for giggles. Like, oh, no, I don't think so, guy. <laughs> no, no. No, no. no. Let's take this thing seriously. Come on. No, no. Yeah. So between, I'll admit it, between Larry and Jake, they're losing big time points for next year, man. I don't care. I'm, got a big ass waiting list waiting for people to come into this league and these guys are just being asses about it so you can tell i'm still upset kyle tucker mm-hmm. kyle tucker number five though so you got two astros play jordan alvarez kyle tucker and then of course we gotta talk about it brandon nimmo top six i know uh sean and the mets fans are happy still only has four home runs so he <laughs> <laughs> had to drive the knife in there <laughs> uh one more guy one more guy top seven jeff mcneil Jeff McNeil uh, yep. also qualifies at outfield. So uh, yeah, I was way, like, like Austin said earlier, he had, was going to have him listed for left field, which now with the injuries that they've kind of are dealing with, he is going to play more left field than second okay. base. I have Jeff McNeil as my NL left field and Brandon Nimmo as my NL center field. So. Oh, okay. For my, so, for I mean, my outfield <clears throat> total, I got Nimmo, uh, Nimmo, Tucker, and Trout. That official, can I put him on the list? Yeah, you can put on. I, you can put them on the list. All right, so it was uh, oh, no, put it no. on the board. <laughs> I was thinking the same damn thing. <laughs> so it was uh, Brandon Nimmo and who's the other guy? Tucker and Trout. Got it, Kyle Tucker. All right. Because I just so didn't want to pick Judge and Betts because that's just so obvious. All right. Uh, Jerickson Profar is still in that the top was, 10. That was who I wanted to talk about. I was talk yeah, about I was shocked. I was shocked to see him up here in terms of war. Um, in terms of war, he's at a 1.8 war, which is pretty high up there. I had it, I had it filtered to left field because I thought we were just going to go left field. So uh, 1.8 war, which is good for tied for eighth with George Springer and Julio Rodriguez coming back um, after a disappointing start to the season. But um, Jerks and Profar, he is walking just about as much as he's striking out, 12.5%, to 15.6%. You want to talk about home runs? He's got seven of them. Uh, seven homers. He's slugging over 400. He's slugging 423, 252 average, 348 on base, 423 slugging. Um, he's at a 123 weighted runs created plus. Um, when you let's see, let's see what happens when you order when you organize it by um, weighted runs created plus. He's good for 17th out of all the outfielders in the MLB. That's 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 pretty good. Yeah. Right uh, right around people. Um, he's just outside of like the prototypical, like star outfielders that we talk about. So he's having a really, really, really good season. Um, after, you know, I'm sure, um, both of you have bagged on jerks and profile. I know I've bagged on jerks and profile and how mm-hmm. disappointing he's been. Yeah. Uh, I, I so, always liked the kid, man. I always liked him. I've been, yeah. been kind of waiting for him to bust out like this. I mean, remember, Sean, this is a guy that uh, a year or two ago we were doing the barrel watch, and I was surprised to see his name show up. Yeah. But, yeah, he had zero barrels at this point of the year, along with Nick Magical and I forgot who the other guys were. It's like oh, I, uh, I, I was – like, I, I don't want to say, like, I ever wanted to, like, rag on him, but he was just kind of like a – at this point I accepted that he wasn't going to be a major league star, but he could be, like, Ben Zobrist. Yeah, like in yeah, you know he had in 2018 2019 he had the the 20 home run years 10 stolen bases uh that 2018 year 250 and like he always walked a good bit nine ten percent and wasn't striking out a bunch it was just a weird 
profile that wasn't working and right here he is you know at 29 having a having a career year so far so uh, good for him yeah. and uh you know like i said barrel watch 2020 i think it was uh david fletcher was another guy and uh, nicky lopez i believe was the other guy and uh he went from having zero barrels at this point of the year back in the day to getting 10 barrels now he already has 10 barrels at 5.5 percent barrel rate look at so, him go look at him go finally living up to expectations now hey i guess he has more playing time and he's figured and he has taken advantage of it uh another guy i wanted to is there anybody else i want to talk about uh giancarlo staten has 13 home runs but striking out 28.1 percent <laughs> strikeout rate uh austin hayes making the top of the uh top 15 list here at a 1.4 war um i don't know harrison bader how's he doing uh, i don't want to talk about him uh sean did you get your guy in already or no for uh, I mean, I mean, it was like Nemo. I mean, I guess okay. Nemo would be the guy, but it's a uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Is uh, just looking at him. Cody Bellinger still bad. Uh, <laughs> 211, 283, 402, 95 WRC plus. Uh, Luis Robert is still among the top 25, but even though he hasn't played a lot this year because of injury, and uh, yeah, he's not doing so well. 718 ops, 108. I mean, it's still 108 WRC plus. I mean, we yeah. talked about it, Sean, already. I mean, that's how bad this league has been. Yeah. Where Luis Robert with his horrible production numbers. That 3.7 walk rate, though. That's oh, gotta, gotta so, love it. Gotta love typical it. Typical White Sox player, you know, that's that's going to be their downfall, man. That lack of patience. They just hack at everything. But at least they don't strike out a lot. So that's good. But uh, yeah, so that's the outfield. Uh, go ahead and tell me who you would choose um for that and then uh, we got designated his but we already talked about that i mean i don't want to talk about dhs should we talk about dhs see what happens when i click on dh does it give me all i the mean that, uh, i i picked your down alvarez i i feel like that's an easy like yeah, boom yeah. dh only i had uh, right. bryce harper i had bryce harper and jd martinez that's oh. what I, that's what i was looking for because i guess bryce harper doesn't even call that he's not showing up on the outfield list no. But he does show up on the DH list. Okay, that makes more sense. All right. So, uh, sorry. What's uh, the, your DH is going to be? Oh, if I could figure how to do this properly, your DH is going to be uh, Jordan Alvarez there. Yeah. All right. Let's put him on the board. Jordan Alvarez. Do you have your other offensive players yet or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, Who's your I'll, catcher? Uh, Alejandro Kirk. Oh, okay, Alejandro Kirk. His first base. Josh Bell. Josh Bell. Second base. McNeil. Jeff McNeil. Sorry for the screaming baby. Shortstop. Uh, uh, shortstop. Edmund. Tommy Edmund. Oh, okay. Just like what's his face? Austin. Uh, third base. Uh, you know. No. <laughs> I picked Yondi. <laughs> oh, you, are you serious? I did. I did. He's oh, got okay. like the fourth highest WRC plus third base. Come on now. Wow. All right. Weird, but okay. All right, now we move on to starting pitchers uh, at the top of the list. Kevin Gossman, uh, superseding all expectations. I did not ex- – we thought there was going to be a, a rude wake-up call, rude awakening for him in Toronto, and he's just been doing what he does best, just baffling hitters and number one starting pitcher, according to Fangraph's war, uh, rounding out the top five with Tariq Skubal, Zach Wheeler, who's just uh, as reliable as it gets, Joe Musgrove, my guy. So as you guys know, Joe, it was uh, the last couple of years, it's been like the Kevin Gossman, Joe Musgrove show, but I decided to let Kevin Gossman go and I redrafted Joe Musgrove. So I'm happy about that. And then rounding out the top six is Sandy Alcantara, who's uh, was picked by Austin for his team and Shane McClanahan, who is in my Mardi Gras league. So I'm happy about that. 
And of course, because it is 2022, it is a weird year. We have a bum like Martin Perez in the top seven, uh, Max Reed, Shane Bieber, and Kyle Wright. Hey, shit happens, you know. It's been a weird year. It's been a weird, frustrating, confusing year where a guy like Martin Perez, the, the bum that he is, the trash bag that he is, he figures something out at the age of 31. Because, of course, of course, older is always better with pitchers. And then Kyle Wright, the uh, reclamation project that he is uh, doing good things with the Atlanta Braves. So that's the top 10. Um, Sean, I guess so let's start with you. I, well, can we just get Nestor Cortez out of the way? Nestor Cortez, he's been having a good year, right? We can agree that he's been having yeah, an excellent year. I okay. Agree. All right. So who's your guy, Sean? Uh, well, we had three, right? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, who's the guy you want to talk about? But you, want, oh, you have your list oh, ready? You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got the, the list ready. All right, who's your list? So we'll do Wheeler, who everybody thought was dead after his first few starts. And it's like, guys, he didn't have a spring training. Uh, then I'm going to go with uh, Tariq Skubal. Finally, you know, like you said, he's tucked in there right at number two behind Gossman and in front of Wheeler. Finally, you know, kind of reaching his, what we expected out of him. And then yeah. the th- my third guy was right outside the top 10, and that's going to be Alec Manoa. Okay. Uh, God damn you. <laughs> I was going to pick. The, the, the strikeouts are down this year. Granted, they seem down for a lot of pitchers, so I'm not really too terribly worried about it, but having a great year so far and just absolute bulldog on the mound. Uh, well, that's a, and again, I always got to point out this about Tariq Skubal. In a team with Casey Mize and Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal kind of came out of nowhere and became the one guy from that uh, heralded Detroit Tigers pitching prospect list. Yeah. He's the guy who lived up to expectations. And Casey of course, Mize, just going down with Tommy John. I'm not sure if you've seen it. And where's Matt Manning at this Matt point? Matt Manning is in the rotation, I think. Um, but is he doing good at all? I, 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 I have no clue. He might be on the IL. Um, yeah, right now, according to roster resource, Detroit only has three starting pitchers. <laughs> They have Tariq Skubal, Alex Fado, and Bo Brieski. Um, well, injured listen. list pitchers, Tyler Alexander, IL, Matt Manning, IL, Casey Mize, IL, Michael Pineda, IL, Eduardo Rodriguez, IL, Spencer Turnbull, IL. <laughs> well, that brings up a, a much oh. better question. Who is waiting for them in the minors? And you got <sighs> Drew, Drew Hutchison. Well, Was, I mean, did he, did he play quarterback? For some teams, I, 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 the guys that are on the 40 man who have both at times pitched this year, Joey Wentz and yeah. Elvin Rodriguez, not Elvis. Yeah. Elvin's the one that has gotten absolutely blown up. I think he's given up 19 runs in his last two starts or 18 runs in his last two starts. Right. Uh, they optioned him back down. Joey Wentz has pitched a couple of times, not done very well. Yeah. Uh, there's really not much, man. No, I mean, of course there is. There's Drew Hutchison, the former quarterback. I could have 30, 32 I, years old. At this point, you just need an arm, bro. You just need an arm. <laughs> Forget your minor league prospects. They're not. They're done. There's nobody in AAA that's going to come and help you right now. And AA, you're waiting for Reese Olsen, who we talked about, and I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to come up anytime soon. And then the other guy that that's of uh, that people might notice, Chase Anderson. He can pitch five innings for you, right? Oh, yeah, there he is. He is there. I didn't even yeah. – I, I glossed right over him. No, seriously, is Drew Hutchison the ex-quarterback? I want to know. I, I, I'm i very curious about this. Is he the guy? Oh, I Drew do Hutchison. not know. Let me look. Oh, you for got it? Blue Jays. No, no, but not just the Fangrass page. I, I, I need to go to Wikipedia or something. But, yeah, he played for the Blue Jays. I remember – that's where I remember him from. Interesting. 
but uh, no, you go ahead and look that up. I am very – oh, round 15, so that's a clue. He was picked in round 15 because they don't know if he's playing football or baseball, unless I'm thinking about somebody else. So I do apologize if I'm thinking about somebody else. All right, so there's there's the Tigers. Uh, hey, as a White Sox fan, I guess it could be worse. We could be the Tigers. <laughs> All right, and then uh, 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 they got uh, another who's who, Frankie Montez, Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Rodon, Aaron Nola, Alec Manoa, who Sean just mentioned. Uh, Austin, anybody after the top 16 on that list that you want to talk about? Um, actually, yeah, there are two that I want to talk about. First one was the guy that I traded to you in the, uh, total bases, uh, league there, uh, Logan Gilbert, Logan, uh, Logan, Gilbert, Logan Gilbert has served to, uh, to be a very good pitcher this year for the Mariners. I feel like I've been talking about the Mariners a lot in this podcast, um, a solid two, four, one ERA. He's got 1.6 war. Uh, he's got a six and two record, although we know that you know, wins and losses are not necessarily, um, they're not necessarily dependent on how good a pitcher is. Um, one thing that I'd like to mention is Logan Gilbert is in the top 15 in innings pitched. He's at 71 innings pitched. In my mind, if um, pitching, a, <clears throat> pitching a lot of innings is very important to me as a uh, starting pitcher now. Um, K per nine, he is at where'd he go? He is at 8.87 K per nine. Um, walks per nine are a little high, 2.79. But overall, he's got a good ERA now, 2.41. It's I think the numbers are showing that he's overperforming, but he's overperforming to an all-star caliber. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. No, um, man. Yeah, as you know, I love me some Logan Gilbert. I mean, the reason we talk about the Mariners is because they have a lot of intriguing players. It's just yeah. it's not resulting in being competitive for some odd reason. So yeah, go ahead. Who's your other guy? The other one that I want to kind of highlight um, because I wasn't sure how this guy was going to do coming into this year, but he's proved to have had a great season so far. Justin Verlander. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Verlander is seven and two with a nine one seven K per nine, which I want to point out that at the beginning of the year, we talked about the K point, the K per nine and whether it was going to go down or not. And I said, yes. And everybody said, how far? And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw eight K's per nine and everybody went, Oh, well now he's at 9.17. So watch out. Um, so, um, but anyway, having a good season, nonetheless, he's at a two, one, three ERA. Um, again, overperforming. It kind of looks like, but overperforming yeah. to an all-star caliber. Um, at this point, coming off of Tommy John surgery and being however old he is at this point, 45. I don't know how old he 30, is. 30, he's listed at 39, but um, 39. I yeah, so, I don't know when his birthday is. So, you know, 39 years old. So, um, you know, yeah, the fact 39. that he's come out and is having the season that he's having right now for the Astros, good on Justin Verlander. I come back player of the year right now in my opinion. Oh, yeah, easily. Uh, another guy I want to talk about, uh, Framber Valdez, uh, who's that's my guy two i think he's on two out of the three of my teams and he's been basically the rock for a lot of those teams along with joe musgrove in the baseball life league definitely in the uh total basis league he's been my best pitcher which is i'm ashamed to admit but uh i've always liked well now i'm gonna get just my word i've always liked the houston astros rotation framer valdez was always one of the iffier ones for me but uh all he does is produce so i this year, I decided not to question it anymore, and I just, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with it, and I'm not going to question the low uh, uh, StatCast numbers or whatever, the, the how it shows up in blue on his StatCast page. I'm just going to go with it. So uh, last guy, Dylan Cease, 
Spicks workout I, numbers. I, I really wanted to pick Dylan Cease. Right, I then, really wanted to. No, no, you, you talk about him. You, but he was a guy that, like, I was right there to Adams as one of my three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem with him is that he walks too many guys. Yeah. So you got the White yeah. Sox hitters who, who swing at too many pitches and don't take walks. And then you got uh, Dylan Cease who walks too many guys. But he strikes out plenty of guys yeah. who make up for that. So he has a oh, – okay, so 2.70 – Strikeout per walk ratio, so not necessarily elite, but definitely uh, holds him above water. Uh, still with the 96 mile per hour fastball on average, so he has always had lightning stuff. Can he command it? Has always been the question. It looks like this year he's finally putting it together, so he might deserve some all star consideration as a de facto ace of that staff now. Yeah, I, I thought it was amazing that you know he's basically leading major league starters with a 12.71. And even yep. with a 4.7 walks per nine, he has a 2.83 expected ERA. <laughs> and I mean, he's had a couple of starts. And I, I want to say me and Jacob talked about it where it's like he only gives up one or two hits, but he has like four or five walks yeah, yeah. And, and, and he doesn't me. give up any runs. It's a weird profile. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh Kerry wood, but and obviously with, you know, much uh, Kerry Wood was much more inconsistent uh, as the years went on with him. But yeah, Kerry Wood would always uh, be unhittable for the first couple of innings. And then the walk started coming in. It's kind of like kind of similar to that. Uh, but, you know, we know Kerry Wood was, I mean, they call him Kid K for a reason. The strikeouts were always there, but yep. so were the walks, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> anybody, uh, anybody else? Let's see. Pablo Lopez is always good. Logan Webb is uh, living up to expectations in the top 25. Paul Blackburn coming out of nowhere. Nick Pavetta. Oh, Nick Pavetta. Wow. Uh, <laughs> who, who was the guy who liked Nick Pavetta at the start of the year here? Was that you, Sean? I was kind of like, opt- hopefully optimistic. Yeah, there's always a lot to like about Nick Pavetta, but he he always lets you down. But he's taking yeah. advantage over at Boston. Tyler Molly, who <laughs> 507 ERA somehow still shows up in the top 30. Ah, oh, war's a fake stat. That's why I don't use advanced metrics. Uh, Miles Mikolas is the opposite of Dylan Cease. Low strikeouts, but low walks. Jordan Montgomery, just all he does is show up every five days. And then you, Darvish, kind of having a comeback season of his own here. With only Actually, 7.2 strikeouts per nine, which is so weird to see from you, Darvish. Yeah, yeah, uh, but but he's yeah, going well, deep into games, as you can see, sixty-seven innings and eleven starts. So right, maybe, maybe to, he's figured something out. <laughs> it's hard to believe that I, I mentioned uh, comeback season. I mean, he had a pretty good year last year, but I know that there was a big time second half swoon out of him last year. All oh, right, last- yeah, I, I know all about that. I traded for him at the deadline, and yeah, it's it screwed me. <laughs> oh, I yeah. would also like to point out that out of the three-headed monster. That was supposed to be the um, that was supposed to be the New York Mets uh, uh, pitching staff. The pitcher on that rotation with the highest WAR for this season is Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. Well, wait until they get healthy, man. It's like picking up. uh, What 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 was the quote? It's like how the Dodgers got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer last year. Well, we're gonna get Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom this year. Who? Jacob DeGrom, who I just got so upset with him, I just decided to trade him to the first person that hit the accept button <laughs> in the Mardi Gras League. And Sean, you'll love this one. I traded him straight up because no, there were no takers. I was was trying to trade him for like the last couple of months, and and then I heard that yeah, we're we're gonna hopefully we can get him back by July 31st, August 1st. Oh, screw that! By the, I'm done. I'm, oh, he he's supposed to be back. Yeah, not, well, uh, but, yeah, it's like the end of June, beginning of July. Like, yeah, now it's changed, and that that was always the initial timetable. But at some time around early May, around there, they were saying 
late July. And I go, you know what? I already have way too many pitchers who are injured. I don't, I need that slot. Cause we only get one IL slot. I, I need to rid myself of this That's guy right brutal. now. One IL and, slot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we have a short roster, so it's, it's, it's all good. But uh, yeah, the guy I traded for him, because like I said, this was the first guy who hit the accept button and, Nobody else was, and nobody, everybody else was rejecting left and right. So I said, "Well, I'll take it." George Kirby. Hey, there you go. People were shitting on me for that trade. You like it? I mean, like <laughs> all things considered. Uh, <laughs> you know who didn't shit on you for that trade? Me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, my guys. Like, you know, it, it's not. It's not terrible, but it's like if if you were just that done with them, then I mean, I, I've been Kirby trying. is I, producing something. He, yeah, he's here and Degrom is not, and and <laughs> and I, I and how I think I even threw Austin an offer and he rejected it. But yeah, I've been throwing offers left and right. Everybody's saying, uh, oh, I no, didn't I, reject I it. I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> well, drama. Either well, either way, either way, if you don't see it, that's a rejection right there. So I mean, you didn't accept it either. So it's like how people say, well, maybe I'll go to no. Maybe means no. Just cut the cut the shit. Maybe means yeah. no. All right. Oh, I agree relievers let's finish up this show strong we got michael king at the top of the leaderboard who uh uh sean's been uh, advocating for him to be the closer for the yankees for a while now but it's not him it's clay holmes oh it should be clay holmes clay holmes is awesome oh but he's a high ground ball rate sean 83 percent is not gonna last an entire year 83 percent though is a magic number you know how i feel oh about the God. number 83 <laughs> AJ Minter always brings the goods. I have him in the baseball life league, I believe. Yes, I do. AJ Minter, uh, you know, and a team full of really good, big time, big name relief pitchers down in Atlanta. He's uh, proving to be the best of the month. So. And he he's had years where he's great, and then he's like he's the most mercurial lefty flamethrower like in a long time because like he's great, he's terrible, he's great, he's terrible, and it's just. Oh, it's a freaking roller coaster. Well, you know what's the most important thing about him, Sean? He's great he this leads, year. He oh. leads the league in holds at 14. Does he really have 14 holds? Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, already. Uh, Devin Williams, Ryan Tapera, Drew Smith, all those guys. Uh, Ryan Helsley, who I noticed Sean picked up my dirty garbage in the baseball life league. So good luck to you with that. Uh, he started slumping for my team. And I said, you know what? I have you here for one reason and one reason only. Slumping. You're not doing it. Slumping. He was. He was awful. ERA. When I there was this period of two weeks where he just started shitting the bed, and the worst part about him, he wasn't getting any any holds whatsoever. So I, I need to move on, guy. Uh, David Bednar, who we're all big fans of, he's in the top five. Clay Holmes, who we talked about, uh, ready for this name, Tyler Kinley for the Rockies. Who has Tyler Kinley under fantasy league? Probably no one. <laughs> you're missing out on ten holds, you guys. Ten holds and a twenty-seven percent strikeout rate. Shame on all of us. Uh, we should sir, all feel bad. <laughs> we should all feel bad. Sir Anthony Dominguez finally living up to some of the prospect hype he had with the Phillies for a while. Devin Williams, we know about Devin Williams. We know about Kenley Jansen, Josh Hader, uh, Jason Adam, Brock Burke, and Matt Strom, and David Robertson round out the top top ten, so to speak. Uh, it's a long list because there's about five guys tied with a zero point eight WAR. Yeah. So with all that said, who's the guy you want to talk about, Sean? Outside the I, I, I was going to go, um, I think Klasse. Klasse just kind of being forgotten about, but still being awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ten saves. Uh, the walks are low. I mean, the strikeouts are good. They're not like the elite of Edwin Diaz or Josh Hader, but <clears throat> Klasse just goes out there and gets the job done. He's not overperforming everything. It, it's 193 ERA. 
194 expected ERA, a 190 FIP, and a 190 XFIP. I don't think I've ever seen those hey. three so close. You ready for another one? Go. 1.90 Sierra. Whoa, no, you're, you're shitting me. No, I'm, I'm oh. looking at it right in front of me. 1.90 FIP. That's, so, that's so weird that they're that's all so just so lined up with each other. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, weird. You don't get more poker than that. That's no. straight up poker, poker face. Uh, 1.7 barrel rate. I mean, that's ridiculously low. So class A and still averaging 100 miles per hour on that yeah, fastball. Yeah, he's, stu- he's stupid. <laughs> uh, Austin, who's your guy? So before I go to before I go to my guy, uh, Tyler Kinley and CBS leagues is rostered in two percent of the, <laughs> and in ESPN leagues he is rostered in one point two percent. Oh, one point two. Yeah, he's so, milk. He's which, milk is what he is. Is up point four percent. So there was at a time he was he was less than one percent. Anyway, people, people are, are buying really Tyler Kidley. <laughs> He's milk, man. He's 2% milk. All right, go ahead, Austin. Um, so I think the person that I want to talk about is somebody that is having, uh, I guess you could say it's a good season. His ERA would say otherwise, but his FIP actually says he's having a really good season. He's third in saves, Kenley Jansen of the Braves. Uh, 17 saves in 26 games. He's pitched 26 two-thirds innings, um, a 12.49K per nine. Um, walk per nine is a little high, um, but he's not giving up home runs. And um, But his ERA is at 3.39. His expected ERA, 2.09, but his FIP, 2.24. So that's telling me his defense is actually hurting him. Mm. Um, so And he's in the top 10 in war, of all relievers. So, you know, I really think that um, Kenley Jansen kind of deserves some, some look here. I think his uh, surface numbers are probably going to hurt him and probably not get him a nod for the all-star game, but I wanted to highlight him and say, he's actually having a better season than probably a lot of people would think. Uh, you'll love this, Sean. The trade between that, the big controversial trade that was uh, that the Mariners did, one of them, um, sending Rafael Montero to Houston. Uh, Rafael Montero is number 11 in WPA at oh, 1.40. Really? Now, I have Montero on one of my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he has four saves, 25.5% strikeout rate, uh, having a pretty decent year. But the guy that the Mariners got back uh, in one of those uh, multiple trades that they pulled off last year. Diego Castillo, number eight at 1.46 WPA. So I kept telling you guys that's an upgrade and nowhere to be seen on this list right here, Sean. Well, they got Diego Castillo and from Tampa for Austin Shenton, no third, yeah. third minor league third base. But yeah. yeah. And then, and, uh, Castillo has always been nasty. And they, I think right. they sent both uh, Graveman and Montero to Houston for, I forgot who it was, but Abraham, no, Abraham Toro. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Six, six years of Abraham Toro for a uh, rental Graveman and Rafael Montero is just kind of like the here you go, whatever. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just finishing up here. The one guy I'm not seeing in the top 30 WPA is Kendall Graveman. So I guess the Mariners <laughs> were right. they did the right thing there. I don't even know how he's on my team on the White Stacks, and I don't even know how Kendall Graveman's doing. I don't, the whole he was, team he was hurt, I think. I believe. Oh, there it is. Okay. Well, either way, I'm not seeing him here anywhere. So. 
Uh, Daniel Bard also in the top seven in uh, WPA. I don't know what to make of him. I already, I was this close to dropping him in the Mardi Gras league, unless I already did and I didn't notice. But um, yeah, Daniel Bard has 12 saves already. But man, he, he is just, I don't trust him, Sean. Am I oh, you, a Colorado reliever you don't trust? Wow. He's throwing 97 miles per hour. How do you not like that, man? How do you not like it's like a siren? I don't know because it's Coors Field. <laughs> it's a siren call. It's, it's it's luring me in into into bad waters, man. That's what it is. Uh, let's have some fun here. I mean, this is like the, the like second, third year in a row that Bard's been like kind of good. I mean, kind of good. <laughs> he, he's been throwing hard ever since he came back. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, last year was a bad year for ERA. Um, but yeah, he's definitely having his best year this year. I know. I know he was racking up saves because I had him on my team last year, so I, he, he kind of uh, saved last ditch. Yeah, he, yeah. He had twenty saves with a five point two ERA. Oh, oh, well, and okay. 80, eighty strikeouts in sixty five innings. By the way, uh, I gotta sh- I gotta share my screen really quick because uh, I know Melvin. Uh, this happened to him earlier, but uh, yeah, now I'm getting the ads from Fangraphs here about the bikini. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that he he did the same thing and uh, he got the same commercial. So there you go. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's okay. I see the name now. Well, they gotta pay me to for me to mention them. So, all right. And then uh, strikeout rate. Let's have some fun with a big, big arm, big strikeout rate. Number one in the hoodie, Edwin Diaz. So I'm sure Sean is happy about that. A uh, 45.7% strikeout rate. That is absurd. Yeah, yeah he he absurd. had he was at 50% uh at it was I think 72 plate appearances against and he had struck out 36 of them. Like it's it's wild what he's doing. And our guy, last one, our guy, Tanner Scott, finally getting some save opportunities. Oh, so. I, I, I'm i glad he mentioned this. I was about to forget because, yep, he's it's finally Tanner Scott season. I believe it. All right. Uh, Austin, anybody else you want to name? Maybe some deep sleeper that no one knows about that they should know about? Uh, I feel like you got you, you you gave me a softball there with Kenley Jensen. We all know who Kenley Jensen is. Come on, man. Yeah. I don't know. I was, uh, I'm just kind of poking around at all of these, at all of these stats. And I poked on ERA minus. Uh Oh, here we go. Someone has an ERA minus of zero. You guys ready to hear who it is? Go ahead. JP fire Eisen. But for your reason. Yeah. That's crazy. He he always brings the goods, man. He always brings the goods. I like him, but I've seen, I've seen uh, negative ERA minuses where they're so good that they're just, they're just inf- infinitely good. Uh, okay, Sean, who's your two relief pitchers? I don't think I got them. Oh, uh, the uh, the other two, uh, uh, Helzy and King. Oh, okay, Helzy, King, and Classe. No, just two. Just two. Oh, I thought. It, oh, okay. No, just two. So Classe and Helzy then. Okay. All right. So you're basically uh, admitting that my bullpen's better than your bullpen. Yeah. Right? For yeah, that's that's what we we'll call it. Yeah. Picking up my trash is what you're doing. I I see you all. I see you, Sean. I see. I see your team. Like, wow! I used to have that guy. I used to have that guy. I used to have that guy. Okay, I see how it is. Just picking up my trash. Where, 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 oh shit! I, I clicked on the wrong league for standing. So <laughs> I, I wanted to say something, but I, I gotta. I gotta clarify first. All right. Well, uh, this is the end of the line. Uh, are we back next week? Uh, everybody's uh, good to go for next week. Yeah, I, next. I, I'll, I'll be here next week. I'll double check with the wife. I think we have the in-laws coming in this week, so I'll double check. Uh, but I should be good as long as we, you know, do it before noon. 
Yeah. But uh, any last words? Austin, let's start with you. Any last words? I really hope that it starts showing <laughs> that I am the best offense because this is really freaking frustrating. Yeah, confusingly frustrating as uh, the CBS Sports Podcast would uh, note. And uh, I'm pretty funny that you guys said the same words as well. Uh, I agree with that sentiment, Austin. I feel your pain. Uh, Sean, what about you? Uh, the road to above 500 continues. Oh, for your baseball <laughs> life league? Is yeah. it for both your leagues, teams? No, uh, I'm 5-3 and three in the 30 team, and I just got Trey Turner. So now I have, like, three of the top five offensive players in the league. I, I already had Goldschmidt and Judge, and I, I've acquired Trey Turner, um, but just been – For who? So that was that was that was a, a contentious trade. Uh, I ended up packaging. So Stephen Kwan, Nick Madrigal, Joey Weimer, Xavier Edwards, and Chase Petty, uh, who was the first round right-handed prep pitcher. I know that was basically for Trey Turner and like Michael Fulmer. And then I gave I, I gave up two picks. I gave up two picks. That's a lot, but, but I think you won that trade. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a it's a thing though. That in the 30 team, and this is why, like, people are like, oh, you, you gave up, you, you didn't give up a star to get back a star in a 30 team league where everyone has 40 plus man rosters. Like, it, it's better to have four good guys or five good guys than one great guy because you can have that one great guy and you're not going to win. Yeah. I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> but, uh, well, real, and- the, real, the way I broke it up was, you know, Quan Madrigal Edwards, those are all 70 great hit tool guys. Joey Weimer's just been insane uh, and not getting any love. And basically this guy, it allows him, he just took over the team and allows him to start his rebuild um, and kind of accelerate it. Cause all those guys are major league ready, except chase Petty, who is probably three years away. All right. Uh, I just want to point something on the, in my, in the Mardi Gras league, the point, the head to head points league last week, I would have beaten one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I would have defeated nine teams last week. I lost by 10 points, 11 points, sorry. Oh. High-scoring gunslinger shootout last week. Like, all right, well, you know, 344 points, that's pretty damn good. Then this period, with Bailey Ober, who was supposed to get two starts, injured at the last minute. I couldn't change him on time. You notice that I, I I picked up two pitchers out of desperation in the baseball life league so I can replace Bailey Ober. So thank God for the, that our little rules there. But I lost Tyler Stevenson to the thumb injury. Brendan Donovan, I knew I should have cut him last week, but I said, no, you know what, let's keep him for one more week. 1.5 points this week, so that was a. Well, I'm not mad or anything, but I'm not mad or. Anything. And then Nate Ilvaldi, uh, he might not start uh, his two starts next week, so it's uh, it's still out in the open. It's still jury's still out, and despite all that, I'm still uh, within striking distance of winning this game. But I might lose it, uh, according to the projections, by 30 points, regardless, because he has Carlos Rodon going. But if the points are stay the way they are. I would have beaten one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams this week. So that's the way this year has gone. Just the worst luck ever. So I'm going to go to the magic shop and give me a lucky rabbit's foot, a horseshoe, <laughs> eat my lucky charms, and just stick them up on my, you know, up my ass. That's, that's the only way I'm going <laughs> to win this year, You know, like certain people do in, this, in, in our baseball podcast league. Anyway, for Sean, I am Felipe. That's Austin over there. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you all next week. Take care.